remember when Mick said when he was fighting, sometimes he fights so hard that he was thinking that he broke something inside and he was going to die. And that's what he said. That's when the angels was pulling on him. I don't, I don't, what's wrong? I can't. I can't stop my hands from shaking. Do you expect me to talk? And welcome to episode 72 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? As always, I'm your host, Becca, and joining me are the lovely Dave Bond and Chris Byrne. How are you? Oh, feeling lovely. Thank you, Becca. Good evening, folks. <laughs> that sounded so, so tired, Dave. Oh, Dave's I exhausted. Really tired. I, thought, I thought I was hiding it. I thought I came out a bit sort of more lanky. You, you were going for kind of moody, weren't you? In the I, was, I, was <laughs> going, I was going for, you know, late night, end of the bar, singing a few jazz hits. Sipping on a whiskey. <laughs> Sipping on a whiskey. Suntory. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> other whiskeys are available. I am actually knackered. I'm right in the middle of like really, really long working days at the other end of the county. So tons of driving, tons of, on my feet all day. But I'm really happy to be here discussing. Well, I'm really happy to be on a podcast because just because of the way we um, way we've recorded, we're not going to miss a week. I'll have this edited in time. But we did Rocky Four earlier than usual. And we're doing this a bit later than usual. So it's been over two weeks since we recorded, even though we haven't missed a week. So, yeah, really, gl- really glad to be here to discuss this masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Rocky Five isn't the best Rocky film? It was the best Rocky film of 1990. <laughs> it's the only Rocky film of 1990. <laughs> that was a joke, Becca. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Tell us about the film, Becca. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, as if you haven't guessed, we are talking about... What was then the end of the Rocky series, Rocky Five, starring Sly Stallone, Bert Young, Talia Shire, Sage Stallone, Tommy Morrison, and Tony Burton. Script by Stallone again, music by Bill Conti once again. Uh, directed by John G. Everton once again, and released in 1990. Uh, I like the way you said starring Tony Burton. Really, his only job mm-hmm. in this film was to hold up Rocky's pants. Literally, that was it. He was in it. <laughs> I thought went, I'm going to credit him. He's going to be in there for Apollo waving. You know. <laughs> short trunks around but i don't want to reel off the whole entire ryan db because i'd be there forever but i thought right i'll pick a few choice people oh, no, and no, tony burton he's a, he's a star war <laughs> he is a star war the series to be fair um sage stallone before uh to, the sort of two elephants in the room we'll go talk more about it as we go through but there have been two of this cast have now passed away uh well three if you count burgess meredith who's obviously got a cameo in this film but two of the main stars of the film sort of died really before their time. Sage Stallone, who plays uh, Rocky Jr. in this film, died at the age of 36 in, I think it was 2011 or 12, one of the two, of heart disease, which was just, uh, yeah, a, a real shock at the time. Um, just an age to go at. I mean, I know, you, you know. Um, and Tommy Morrison, who's obviously uh, Rocky's protege in this film, playing Tommy Gunn, he died of AIDS a few years ago. Now, his, he was an a, an HIV AIDS denier. <laughs> he didn't believe he had it. He claimed he was negative. 
it's technically not on his death certificate, I've heard, but he died in his 40s, looking emaciated, looking like the uh, people often do in end-stage AIDS. Again, very and he sad. Was, and he was stopped from boxing uh, after fighting Lennox Lewis because he had a positive HIV test. So two of the major cast members in this film are no longer with us, and they both died very young. On that cheery note, what do we make of the film? <laughs> <laughs> That's that very tragic, isn't it? It's just one of these things that's that for a film that's about like redemption. It's, it's very tragic that we have to lose these people. I kind of wanted almost to get it out of the way because you always feel bad speaking ill of the dead, and I think they are two of the weak links in this film. I, I really do. I said in previous weeks that uh, although I thought Rocky Four was more entertaining, this was probably a little bit more ambitious and probably a better film that's a tough call really it depends it just depends what you're looking for i like the fact that they knew when to put the brakes on that it's almost like you get to the end of die another day and like i said where would they have taken it that had been bigger i mean i joked about him fighting a meteor or something (laughs) Uh, it's the same with rocky here where can you possibly go after drago particularly as you know sylvester slow by this point is is getting towards his mid-40s and we've just seen it all. So they attempt to try to take the story full circle. They attempt to, they attempt to give Rocky a reason not to fight. And they attempt to give Rocky a, a, a sort of purpose post-fighting. And bring back some of that feeling from the first couple of films. And bringing back John G. Avildsen is part of that. How successful they are, I don't know. I haven't met many people who like this film. I always kind of respected it for trying, but... I didn't have a good time with this a couple of nights ago when I watched it in preparation for this. Um, There were two major parts of the film, and and that's why I addressed the sort of passing of the two actors quite early, that I think damaged the film badly. They are not good actors, and they have a lot to do in the film. And also, Rocky's a dick. Rocky is a total fucking asshole in this film. (laughs) Um, And I just think, I was thinking earlier today, I was just thinking, really, you could put him from this film... Sean Connery from Diamonds Are Forever and William Shatner from the motion picture and have a fucking special event of wankers from, from films we've reviewed. People who don't do their job because properly. Because he's that much of an arsehole in this film. I don't think he's necessarily an arsehole. He's just a bit, like, stupid. and just tensions are focused elsewhere. It's they're just, not, they're yeah, not but it's like... It's almost like, seriously, like, you, know, you never get the impression that he's, like, malicious in any way. It's he not doesn't... malicious, but it's like... Come on, no one's so stupid, surely. Yeah, yeah he's no. just brought you know people in to talk to you, and you've gone. Oh no, no, I'm training. But anyway, that, that that's my intro on the film. I think it's a I think it's a really poor film, but I at least appreciated that they didn't have him, you know, painted gold and fighting a fucking robot in this one or something, <laughs> like fighting in space. Yeah, so yeah, you know, space, at least they been... realised they needed to change direction. Bringing back Haraldson was a, an idea, at least, whether it was a good one, we can talk about. Um, oh, we, kind of, we kind of have gone a bit full circle, haven't we? Because, I mean, I just to kind of give my sort of view on the film, we kind of, in terms of the look and feel of this film, it's kind of, it's more, has more in relation to the first film than to Rocky Four, for example. I mean, you, you've got, obviously, Rocky right in the mall, right the theme tune, thing, thing theme tune. Um, Wouldn't that Bill be Conti's... great? <laughs> he might have released an album, I don't know. Um, yeah, Bill Conti's back, you know, in the, in the score front, um, original director of the first film as well. So it's kind of like having... You know, some some of the major players back again, um, but for me, yeah, I would say in terms of 
the production values it harks back to kind of like the earlier films the more kind of grainy gritty kind of look and feel of it performance wise i think yeah he's not all performances across the board are okay i mean the guy who plays tommy gunn not amazing and i think the sage kind of does his best um but i think all performances are you know generally convincing all the way across the board but i think in terms of in, you say ambitious is quite a good word um i think in, in terms of its kind of look and its feel i think that's where its ambition lies but i think in, if i were to rank all the rocky movies so far apart from rocky Balboa sorry if you were to what supposed to rank okay good, R-A-N-K. Good, good if you were to rank <laughs> off rocky in each of the films which one would no, Dave, that's what you can do <laughs> I'm thinking the first one because he was younger. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm thinking the third one because he was hotter. I have to place him in order of And preference. that Buffon as well, so, yeah. Yeah, not only that, he's got, yeah, he's got Apollo there as visual stimuli, hasn't he? <laughs> ding dong. <laughs> ding ding. <laughs> ding ding. <laughs> would you, would, listeners, would you pay to see <laughs> Becca jerking off Rocky on the beach whilst Rocky looks longingly at Apollo in a boot tube? Only the other man hug afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Rocky washes himself off first, don't... he needs to get well, yeah, yeah. the don't want to be getting that all over his midriff. Maybe that's what Although, they're doing in the sea, jumping around, hugging each other. Wash themselves like a... free. Oh. <laughs> There's a shot of him naked in the shower, isn't there? You do see his bum, so it's like, ooh. Ooh, what's brief it? Ooh. T- brief titillation. <laughs> got ex- I mean, I suppose Rambo. Well, Rambo 3 was about 88, wasn't it? He's got yeah. himself in phenomenal shape for one shot of the film. It, it looks okay all the way through. I mean, it's not. It's not no, like but no. What I mean is, it, we don't see him shirtless in the rest of the film. No, I think because Stallone was a... just in that physique anyway, more or less. You think he just stayed like that most of the time? Well, yeah. I yeah, mean, he obviously, himself. he's always known for having that physique, particularly at that time as well. I think he, you know he sort of bulked up for Rocky, and he just obviously he's never just maintained got fat, it. has he? Really, I think he's always he strikes me the kind of guy who would sort of maintain that sort of like muscle tough guy. Physique, because that's you know it's not going to go. Well, you know, I'm not going to try and get get fat or lose my lose muscles and have to try and build myself up again for a film role. It's like, well, I'm ready to go now. So, um, possibly. Chris, I don't what, know. Are your first, what are your first thoughts, Bud? Um, it's not a great film, but I do find it difficult to really hate on it because, uh, as you say, Dave, it it does it does try and do something like more mature it does go back to the original roots uh it go it, it's it's logical in, in terms of the fact that it tries to sort of pitch rocky as a trainer and it's sort of after fighting um drago it it does sell that okay you know the idea of it of, of rocky actually no no you've, you've really done yourself in now I, th- I think i can imagine the audience going like at last <laughs> you know i don't think we could like buy another like uh you know d- uh, David and Goliath sort of match, you know. So I do think it has its ideas. I think its heart's in the right place. I think it's just one of those cases where the film just didn't come together. Or perhaps on the cutting room floor, there's a better film to be had. Because there are initial ideas that I do think are... I, I do feel like there is a good film in this somewhere. It just didn't come out. Um, and I think, I don't know whether that's just... It just didn't happen when, when it came to film... Uh, I, I think, I think you know, while it has everyone there, uh, it's good to see Adrian get um, more to do uh, in this film. 
you know, it, it, it tried to build on the family stuff and all that. But I just felt like the performances, while they were, they seem to be trying, but I, it just feels tired. I, I, I felt like it felt like there was no one really wanted to be there, even though that they are there trying, giving it the best, but the heart's really not in it. And I think that is the downfall of this film, uh, other than the fact that maybe it's just been cut to shit as well. I, think, I almost I, feel like some of them are tr- they're almost trying too hard. I mean, I look at... I mean, Tommy Morrison, as I say, wasn't an actor. I haven't really looked what else was... I mean, I'm more aware of him as a fighter. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he acted in anything else. I could go and look at IMDb, but it's not that important, really. But there are scenes, for example... I mean, it, he does rage really badly and things like that. It comes off as really petulant, but... Well, it, it, that, it pays off at the end, doesn't it? But on top of that, there are scenes... Early on in the fight, early on in the not early on in the film, but early on in his career, where he's got Rocky in his corner, and he's you know he starts panicking at the end of the round, and, and Rocky's trying to talk him round, and I can see what he's trying to do. He's responding to direction that you're really taking it in and thinking about it and visualizing, but he's just trying too hard. He sat in the he sat in the corner. He sat in his corner between rounds with Rocky talking to him. And he's really, really over-emoting. It, it looks quite ridiculous once you notice it. So I think he's the problem in this film. I just think they'd have been better off getting getting an actor, frankly, as opposed to let's get a real-life boxer. Yeah. Um, because Tommy Morrison was at or near his peak around this time. I mean, he well, say around near his peak. I saw him just after the film came out. I actually saw him knocked out by Ray Mercer. But that was for like the WBO heavyweight title, which wasn't... It was the least lesser of the belts, but he was already an arena fighter against names. He fought, uh, I think, I think I'm right in saying, did he beat George Foreman? Um, he was in line for a big payday against Lennox Lewis, but got not got himself knocked out. And then eventually he did fight Lennox Lewis in, I think, 95. Lewis beat him in six rounds. He was... I was about to say the name of a boxer there, actually, but I don't think it would mean much to either of you. For boxing fans out there, if you've never seen Tommy Morrison, he's very like Jerry Cooney, the early sort of 80s white boxer who was big left hooker, could could put you out with a punch, but could be knocked out and had suspect stamina. So Tommy Morrison fights tended to be relatively exciting, but I don't think he was remotely durable enough to have like a long-term career at the top, despite regardless of the diagnosis. But I don't know how he ended up in this film. I really don't. I, I get from his background that they haven't just got some kid from L.A. Tommy Morrison, the actor, was from, or the boxer, was from Oklahoma. I think he was from, I think he was from Oklahoma City. To get sort of a, a, a less sort of starry background, you know, just you know, a, you know, just a state in America. I can see why they've chosen him for his background, but he's not very good in this. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. Sly's always chosen, well, particularly in the later films, he's always chosen actually real life boxers. I mean, the next two two weeks from here on in. Uh, yes, yes. You know, he has. Oh, I don't know he, if he has the last week because, of course, it's not his film. But certainly next week he did. Uh, yeah. The guy who is the world heavyweight champion next week was in reality around the time of filming light heavyweight champion. Yeah, and and we also got um, the week out in Creed as well. There's you know. The, the guy face yeah, is an actual I'm just boxer. saying he didn't direct that. that yeah, no. Yeah, no. But yeah. 
Uh, Union Kane in this fight is a real boxer as well from that era. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, he's a real life from the boxing background, isn't he? So. Yeah. Oh, was he what, the one who considered like a, a paper champion? I know, I don't recall that. But, um, I, I mean, I've forgotten a lot of what I used to know anyway about this stuff. But Tommy Morrison wasn't a great boxer, but he did mix it at quite an elite level. And whilst you can always look at his shortcomings, he, he fought some names and he beat some names as well. Um, but I think he's a problem in this film. And when we're not with those two, we're with Rocky Jr. And that's an awful lot to put on a kid who wasn't really an actor either. Yeah. I don't want to slag him off because he's not horrendous, but there's there's quite a lot of lifting to do in that role for, for a kid, and he's not really an actor anyway. I know what you mean the film tries to sell sells on people, or two people who aren't actually actors. Yes. So you have like a boxer who who is you know who hasn't acted before, and you know the son of an actor who arguably could have some experience, but in reality, you know, doesn't seem doesn't come up, come across in there. Um, I mean, I, I I don't get annoyed too much with child actors, so to speak, unless it's you know um, Jane Smith. Um, but <laughs> no, and I do normally make allowances as well. I mean, I, when we get to the Phantom Menace, like you, I, I'm not I'm not going to be kind. Well. Yes and no. It depends what it is. I mean, when, when we get to Star Wars, for example, I don't think I think Jake Lloyd's quite bad in the role. But given he's a kid, I'm a little bit more forgiving than some. Well, that's that, I think that's why you have to be so forgiving because they are so young. I mean, obviously, you've got people like like Christian Bale, for example, who's quite he started his career quite young. But you can see there's a little element. Of, I, I, I love him now. He's grown as an actor, but there's an element of precociousness there a little bit. But I think with with Sage, I mean. It was just purely on on sort of family, really. Um, he, he does his best, but I think you know when a child actor is is so young, he tries you, really you do hard. Have to kind of, yeah. yeah, exactly. You just have to kind of take it for what it is. You can see um, he's worked hard at it and wants to be good. Exactly, exactly. Which is why I'm not going to slate him too hard. No, at all. He, he, he did all right. He was, he was very convincing as Rocky Junior. So he, yeah, he, to fair, he does what he needs to do. You know, he does the whenever Rocky in, in this film lets him down. Like he does do a lot. Um, he, he does do- genuinely look pissed off, doesn't he? He does, yeah, and gutted and disappointed. You know, yeah. he, you know, it's not. It's very it's, believable. Yeah, so it, you know, it, it, in regards to at least in the basic sense, you know, it's not like oh, this is god awful. But mean, it I, feels I like thirty percent of the running time we're yeah, following this kid, and that's not Sage Stallone's fault. That's why am I watching a Rocky film that's thirty to forty percent fourteen-year-old? Also, that god awful earring. That looks. Or that was a bad choice. It I mean, was yeah, late eighties, early nineties fashion. You know, this film's really date. Really, yeah. I was going to say, I yeah. think one of the failings of this film is the the choices in the film. It goes for contemporary hip hop at that time, which I kind yeah. of like understand because a lot of like MC Hammer and things well, like that. Well, no, I mean, I, I think I think because of the the music at the it in the Philadelphia at that time was predominantly more hip hop in terms sure. of what they listened to, where where Rocky. You know, grew up has changed. So I think it's uh, the it was a directive. It was a, a decision to sort of go in that direction to move the times. But looking back now, you kind of wish they just harp back to the original Rocky and just kept it a bit more traditional. I think would have. I remember. Funnily enough, we've talked about now playing in in a in a previous in previous podcasts. So a bit of an influence on certainly me as a podcaster. Um, Likewise. Funnily enough. I remember them talking about Terminator 2. And when they talked about Terminator 2, because Terminator 2 was made in ni- or released in 1991, but it's set in 1994, 
right? I didn't know that. Doesn't make any oh. fucking sense because John would only be ten then, but it, yeah. it, he's meant to be ten years. It, it's set in 1994. I need to rewatch that film. And they were saying because uh, Edward Furlong was where it spent a lot of that film wearing a Public Enemy T-shirt, and there's Guns and Roses music and stuff. And even by 94, that's extraordinarily dated. And I do think sort of 89 to 91, that sort of era, it it lasted five minutes, all of it. It, it, you know what I mean? It, it's mm. just... It's, it's, it, always, it's always going to be in a, in a bubble, really, isn't it? it I'm just saying, you could have sat down and watched this film in 1993 and gone, fuck me, this is dated, and it's <laughs> only three years old at that point. Yeah. It, was, it just arrived pre-dated, almost. <laughs> um, so, when I say the most dated in the series, what do I mean by that? Because the first one looks like it was made in the 70s, which means it looks 40 years old. And this one looks like 27 years old, so surely that makes it less dated. But I just think it's more tied to its time than almost any of the other films. I could be argued with on that, because 4 is all about the vanity of the mid-80s and all the rest of it. But I just look at the choices in music and style in this film, and more than anything else in the film, the, the, it screams 1990. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, would, I would agree, it's very much like a 90s film. Um Whereas, yeah, Rocky Four is definitely is very much dated. It's very much set within and is an eighties film. What, what, so, do you have any theories of why that that might be? Though, do you, do you think it's might? I might sound daft, but do you think it might be terms of like? Uh, I was going to say quality of the music there, but maybe that's not quite the right word. But possibly, you know, it's like okay, you listen to like say something like Hearts on Fire or the you know the 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 music he's playing in the car, uh, No Easy Way Out. Now, while that's really cheesy, you know, it it's really enjoyable. Or like, you know, it's, it's it, well, you, you can even argue. Apart, it's, I guess apart from the apart from the Gorbachev look look alike, you could believe Rocky Four was made in like nineteen eighty two, nineteen eighty three. No, you could you could go well, yeah, fair enough. That's the eighties and the Cold War was on. Yeah, okay. And everyone had a robot in the house at that time. What I'm saying <laughs> is that. Any time post about eighty one, that could be, yeah. right? Up to about eighty six, and then past then you've got Glasnost and all the rest of it, and suddenly it looks very dated. This film had a much smaller window that it could have been made in. I just think, I just think those fashion and style choices. Um, I wouldn't. It's not about long. It, it is about the window and the longevity of it. That there's nothing in Rocky Four that's like, wow, that looks so amazing and classic and wonderful. I'm not saying any of that, mm. but if you didn't know when it was made and someone said, "Here's Rocky Four, and you went, "All oh, right, when was that made? 1983." You'd be- you put that film on and you could believe them. You might look at it and go, "Isn't that meant to be Gorbachev? He wasn't in at that point." But apart from that, you'd believe most of it. Yeah. You know, you know, Vegas fights were in vogue by then, and so sure. on. I think in this film, if you told me it was made in 1988, I wouldn't believe you. And if you told me it was made in 1992, I wouldn't believe you. Its window is really, really small, which is why it's so dated. I've never thought about that before, but I think that's what it is. Yeah, it's all this sort of like hip hop music that you know. It isn't, yeah. isn't even like you know like well established hip hop songs now. It's just like it's mm. just generic. To, you know, it's all very generic. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, it's, it's always gonna, it's always going to be kind of un- underlined by the style at the time. I mean, you kind of you watch like for example, like with an Asian cinema, you kind of in Japanese cinema as well. I mean, you can always tell even a film that's kind of you know two or three years old is, is probably there just because of, you know the style of the clothes and the music and just because the scene changes so quickly. I, I, I do but remember Chunky Nitwear coming back in briefly. 
<laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? The day saw that off, but yeah, you know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was... Um, so, yeah, that does hurt it. And, of course, uh, Tommy Morrison's got a mullet. <laughs> that did date it horribly for me. That must have been like, oh, I don't know, Really? Dear, dear. Yeah. That's after his know, first but... choice turned it down. Chris oh, I, was, I was like, when did Kevin Keegan appear in this film, you know? <laughs> Oh, imagine if they still had those late seventies bubble perms. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> um, yeah. Are, are, are um, mullets going to come back? No, I hope not. <laughs> I don't give a shit to be honest. <laughs> I saw people with mullets. I'd be like, oh, like they got a mullet. It's like up to them. I don't give a shit what people. Kind of going. We've had like there's eighties revival and there's kind of like nineties with kind of like the the crop tops and everything like I used to wear. Oh, um, but now there's kind of a whole. 90, well, we're kind of going backwards because like flares and stuff and everything. So maybe it might come around again. I don't know. Fashion is always recycled, isn't it? So yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure some of this will will turn up again. But yeah, it, it, makes, it, it makes it it makes it a really really specific time capsule, a bit mm. like Terminator 2. That no. with the choices in the soundtrack and the look in that film, it couldn't be any other than like. 1991, maybe. No, but then there's a certain. I mean, in the argument of Terminator 2, and may possibly this, there is a certain nostalgia going back to like films like this that would like that are just so 90s. It's sort of I know, and I suppose same can be said for like any decade, like 80s films. You know, it's a certain sort of like a nostalgia element. It sort of almost like it takes you back to that time almost. So, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Oh, I think if this film had been really good, I don't think we'd be sat here going. Oh, it's really ruined by the fashion. Yeah, yeah it's no. not. It's not that offensive. It's just. It's just. It dates itself. It's not. A, it, it's not a great film, and it falls into quite an quite a sort of. It falls into a little, a slightly embarrassing little era. Nothing. Nothing really over the top. It's not like they're all wearing platform shoes or anything. Well, Psy is because he's pretending to be five foot ten, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, it is. As I say, even three years later, this or three years earlier, this might have had a significantly better soundtrack. For example, would you say? Would you agree with Stallone when he says this is like te- beyond like terrible? This is like sort of like zero out of ten, almost like kind of kind of film. Or do you think it has some merits? I've never thought it deserves the hate it gets. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't have a great time with it, but thinking back today, I was I was thinking back to our Star Trek rankings episode. When I, what was marked about some of the lower films in that series was how I couldn't get that excited about them either way. I wasn't furious with it. I was a bit bored. And when I really thought about it, there were things I really didn't like, but I couldn't get angry. I don't quite understand why this film is as hated as it is, in that it's not Superman 4, everyone laughs at it. It's not Die Another Day, everyone disdains it. But I've never met anyone who really likes it that much. Sylvester Stallone talks like he wishes wishes he'd never made it, and it's the least f- fun's the wrong word because how much fun is the first film? Mm. But it, it's not fun compared to the films around it. I don't think it's great, but I I don't know why it's hated. I certainly wouldn't give it zero out of ten. I just think like I wish there were better actors in it. I wish it wasn't in such this weird sort of little time capsule of, of you know of the of nineteen ninety. And I wish Rocky wasn't a dick. I wish it had been better written. But what they're trying to do is understandable. It's not. I don't hate it. Yeah. No, I, I guess maybe it was just like a missed opportunity to end on a, on a good note. And I think that's probably more more than that. 
um, what what Sloan feels. That and like the fan reaction as well, because he's probably like, okay, well, fans really like it, so well, fans really just that is it, a so. key point. Last year, last week's film took three hundred. Did I say three hundred million or two seventy? I forget which one. Certainly, the one of the last two films was around there. This film took less than one hundred and twenty million at the worldwide box office off a budget of forty two. So it's starting to get to, it's not making sort of the multi, three times multiple of its budget, and it's under half the take of the last film. We're also getting into an era where Sylvester Stallone is starting to make stuff like Oscar and Stop and My Mum Will Shoot. So I, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure this I'm sure this is, because he made, when Cliffhanger came out, it was seen Amazing as a Amazing film. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but... Forget what we think of it. When Cliffhanger came out, it was seen as like a real comeback for him, probably for the first time since sort of 86, 87. I do, because Rambo 3 wasn't very well thought of either. So I doubt, I think it's probably a number of things. It took far weaker, it took far less money than any of the rest of the series. And it's probably in the midst of an era that like Sylvester Stallone himself probably isn't too nostalgic for. Because his films around this time weren't great and they weren't doing very good money. And he was hitting his mid 40s and probably was starting to think maybe it's all over. And yeah, here we are. Towards over, the end of it all, maybe. Yeah, here we are over a quarter of a century later and he's still still a big name. Yeah, it's still going strong. That's all good. That's what we like to see. He has, he has a lot of longevity in there. So it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. So uh, I guess, um, shall we talk about the film sequentially? In a sequential fashion. Yes. Yeah. Now, this is the first film where I think, or I can at least see, they've re-edited the fight from the last film. The version we see of four is is all in a very slightly different order. Like, when we saw it the first time, very early in the film, it was hit the one in the middle. We and he's not a machine. He's not a man. He's a machine. He's not a machine. He's a man. Sorry, um, he's not a machine. He's a man. That's it. Not, <laughs> not fucking hell. He's a machine. You, that that's not very good, is it? That's not gonna like cheat you up. <laughs> you can't hurt him. He's really hard. Um, it's not very encouraging, is it? All of that was quite early in the fight. In this re-edit, it's just before like he rallies and starts getting close to knocking him out, and you've got this sort of. Adrian leaping forward and then it sort of slows down and turns black and white. Actually, I think it's quite stylish. I think it looks all right. Yeah, I, I do like the style of the opening. It does. It kind of. It looks kind of very. Uh, it looks quite dynamic, I think, and it kind of adds more gravitas. I would say. Yeah, I think it does a good job because it's. I think it also tells you that this is going to be a different Rocky film as well. It, stylistically, you know, it, it tells you it's going to be a lot more. Should we say a little bit more grounded, a little bit more rough around the edges, a little bit more serious rather than the <laughs> waving the American flag for like 90 minutes yeah. <laughs> like, like we just see. <laughs> so, no, I, I, I do think it's really it's really effective, really well done um, and a positive start. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And then we see him in the shower and he is clearly not looking right. We don't immediately know what, but you've got Tony, his trainer, now saying... You did well for Apollo as he waves some pants around. And then he tells him to get Adrian, doesn't he? Yeah. And when Adrian comes in, he's shaking like a leaf. Mm, He doesn't know Mm, what's all. He doesn't look good, no. And he does call her her Mickey at one point. Yeah, he's a bit confused, isn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, again, you know, this obviously explains... Well, it's it's a nice sort of, okay, well, Rocky is now officially getting 
fucked physically now. He can't, you know, he can't continue to fight. I think if they, if they went for, if by the end of this film they decide, like, you know, Rocky must do another match, um, it'll be off for fuck's sake. Uh, but they really do sell that hard because the, the first thing that happens when he gets off the plane is he gets challenged to a match and he's like, uh, I don't really like, I don't really want to do it. Um, this, this felt, <clears throat> just a general point about the film that start we start to see now. Firstly, Rocky gets off the plane to the Rocky music yes. playing, which is very meta. It's a bit like Octopussy, isn't it? Oh, what a tune. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and he says, "Where's the kid?" And out runs the. Uh, well, he's now a fully grown orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It looks considerably yeah. less. Andy Serkis has now played him now. So let, let's just quickly doff our cap in the direction of this problem, and then we'll gloss over it thereafter. He's gone off to Russia with an eight-year-old son and come back to a fourteen-year-old, right? And. He had his ninth wedding anniversary just before they went out. And again, they've now got a 14-year-old. That wedding was just after his first fight with Apollo, which was 11 months before Apollo's penultimate fight, which was five years before he was killed, which was a couple of months ago. So, Don't yeah, be too much this, into it. it this make is sense. all over the fucking shop now. <laughs> um, my other just general point about the film, and we'll see this all the way through. Monkeys age a lot faster, you know. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll be seeing a lot of Caesar during this film. Oh no, now, he's he's fully fledged human boy rather than monkey child. Yeah, but he was in that Charles Dance show first born as well. But you know, might look human, but still have he's got a, less hair. <laughs> yeah, we talked about how the first film had. Well, we could go right right the way back. Actually, the first fight is is got a lot of Wepner in it. The second fight is called Super Fight Two. The second Ali Frazier fight we got that moniker. The third fight. You've got the wrestler. Well, that happened with Muhammad Ali and others as well. Uh, the fourth fight, you've got uh, hit the one in the middle, which was a Jack Dempsey line to Max Bear. But all of those felt a lot more organic. This is the one film where I think he has just absorbed himself in a load of like boxing from that era and just grabbed a raft full, a, a raft full of lines and stories and characters and barely bothered to veil them. We immediately see what is clearly Don King. Yeah, really obviously so. With that catchphrase, only in America. That is Don King's catchphrase. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I kind of enjoy this villain. <laughs> I mean, yes, he is blatantly Don King, like a uh, like a Don King type, shall we say? Basically, if if he didn't have, he's basically Don King, but in all without the flashy jewelry, and, and you, you know, he has to become coat and the hair and everything. But he just needs all the jewelry and all the gold and everything. I mean, do you think it's probably like a uh, kind of like criticism of Don King? Should we say yes? Because um, it the the whole taking of Tommy from Rocky is the story of Don King taking Mike Tyson, right down to so much of what you see Mickey say to Rocky in the flashback and what Rocky then says to well in fact Mickey's lines to him in that flashback are lifted almost verbatim from from a Customato interview sometime after Tyson's first few fights Tyson sat next to him in the interview as as a young guy about 19 at the time and when he starts talking about fear to Tommy that is Customato in fact, the very first biography I ever read of Mike Tyson was written by Jose Torres, the former world light heavyweight champion 
who was trained by Customato, and it was called Fire and Fear. That was okay. custom. That was a Customato metaphor that he would use to his boxers. That fire is great because it warms you, it heats your house, but if you let it get out of control, it consumes you. And that's what fear is like to a professional sportsman. What he didn't do is call it Frankie Fear. Like, <laughs> so that's been stolen from that. The whole taking of him is very like that as well. Uh, he also tells a story. That. Don King always used to tell a story against himself, funnily enough, although he was proud of it. Uh, he, when Frazier fought George Foreman, Frazier was the favourite, as the, the known quantity had beaten Muhammad Ali, everything else. So Frazier came in, but he was basically knocked down about six or seven times and in two rounds. And he said that he arrived with Joe Frazier and his entourage. And as Frazier started hitting the mat every two seconds, he started edging around the ring. And when Frazier was counted out or stopped, he basically ran into the ring, stepping over Frazier to embrace the new champion. And he left with Foreman. And that's what we see in this film. He's all Union mm. K until Tommy starts winning. It, it's it, This is just stories and dialogue and lines and ideas lifted wholesale from boxing in this era and the two or three years around it. Do you think it was, um, this film is an attempt to first learn to sort of say something about the current state of boxing? You know, because I think particularly in the late, later on, like uh, the scene where he's um, Tommy's driving off. He's like sort of trying to like persuade him. No, you know this is, this is not. You know you don't want to go with the guys like this. And it's all sort of like, it's it letting out his frustrations of how what he disagrees with. You know it's like, you know he just he doesn't care about. It. It's all about the money. You know doesn't, doesn't day's not going to look after you. You know it doesn't have your best interest. Is that kind of Sloan's take on like, criticism of like the state of boxing? It appears to be. Um, the one thing. He, he might have slightly wrong is you will get your shot. Well, there was a time where Don King controlled everybody. So if you weren't with him, it was very difficult to get a shot. Or if you did luck into one and win, if you lost your title, it was very difficult to get another shot. You know, Len- Lennox Lewis took, took, you know, a good two or three years to come back from his first defeat. And he was, you know, people were being positioned for shots ahead of him. Mm. because of some of this um but i mean maybe whatever it is i thought this was bizarre i mean i i quite like rocky trying to like almost entertain them that line about boxers never uh he said doctors want boxing outlaw and he said yeah i agree boxers should never fight that reminded me of when George Foreman made his comeback and they said to him, do you think there should be a retirement age for boxers? And he said, yeah, 65. But this George Washington Duke comes in with Union Kane. The one thing I do like about it is Union Kane is a normal fucking size. We've already stopped going further and further down this line of them being Goliaths. Mm. So I quite like that. Um, yeah, there's must be a stark contrast between him and like Drago, for example, who appears to be the superhuman and you've got somebody like Union Kane who just, you know, he's, he's, he's a normal fighter, somebody you would expect to have that kind of physique. But he doesn't look formidable. I mean, you, you know, I mean, I mean, you never really see him in action in the film, to be fair. But, you you know, you kind of, like, the first impression thing, Rocking could beat him easily, really. You know, it's only really because of his current condition that he shouldn't do it. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only thing. But if it weren't for that... I didn't yeah. think he'd be... A, I, I didn't really think he'd be a credible threat, really. I kind of thought, oh, Rocky could have him 
easily. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, he, just, he doesn't look that intimidating, does he? You know, and no. especially especially a bit later on when he's in the car, we just look. You know, he's he's clearly just like a puppet just to be used by uh, Don yeah, King. The, I mean, yeah, uh, that's the whole point. <laughs> George, Don, King, Don, was King. Was Don King managed to like. I mean, when Tyson came out of prison, just as he was sort of ready for a shot, you know, Don King had managed to like position Bruce Seldon. And like Frank Bruno and stuff amongst the champions. I think Francois Bothu was the other one. None of them that good. And it's just what a coincidence that the three champions now Tyson's ready to fight again are all shit. <laughs> you know? Um, it, it's not so much fixed as just almost un- it is undue influence though. I don't think the fights were necessarily fixed, but I think it's the same here. It's just it's just the guy one of the guys he's got fighting for him. Yeah. The most ready the one who's most ready for a shot. What I don't buy is he's just had life and day death in Russia on Christmas Day, which was bizarre. And he comes back and the press are all over Rocky about you've got to address this now. It's like all right, really? Apollo died two months ago. You've just gone up there and you know what I mean? Yeah. Would they really give a shit about this guy? But and th- and this promoter has appeared from nowhere. Yeah, I mean, like this. I mean, this, what I like about it is just how much of a fucking asshole he is. Like clearly, he's like, oh god, I just want wanting to get punched in the face like ten times, like really, really hard. Um, I mean, because he, he does come out and just sort of like really aggressively try and like call him out to sort of like that in in the kind of over persuasive car salesman kind of way and kind of like almost like bullying tactics to kind of like to kind of like get him to do what he wants so you instantly like oh fuck this guy yeah <laughs> you know you kind of really really want him to see get get his comeuppance like like literally from the first scene onwards you know it's not even like you have to even build up to it instantly you go oh fuck it oh, this guy I'm gonna so want this guy to get his ass whooped at some point <laughs> I don't care if he's a boxer or not <laughs> He fucking deserves it. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of like sometimes like the the clear cut like people. You just um, the clear cut villains. You know, should we say? You know, sometimes that's good for me. Anyway, I I I kind of I kind of enjoy them. He's fine. I mean, one of the pe- one of the things people knock when they don't like this film is him, yeah. and he, like, he's ridiculous and all the rest of it. And I think now nah, I can see what he's doing. And whilst it could be a little better veiled or a little bit more of an allegory rather than almost literally the same guy. Um, yeah, I'm okay with it. I think he's I think he's fine in the film. And and he is a reflection of what was around in that era. Yeah. I mean, Don King's still around now, but he's nowhere near as um, powerful as he was. In this era, he was pretty much in control of the heavyweight division. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, think, I think it's also the, the cheapness of... Well, not cheapness of it, but kind of like just how it's just gone for... You know, gone for the money of... Not even the fun fighters benefit. It's just from this this guy who's essentially just pimping everyone out and just, but you know, be you know. So it, it, I think that that alone just sort of resonates with me. So I, I I kind of you know fine with Stallone going doing this. Really, I think it's like. Uh, yeah. I, but I mean, we go from there to isn't the next scene him basically tucking his kid into bed? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. And I both he, like he, and he hate this grow. scene. Did you like? Do you like it because of the drawing of the one with the big boobies? I, I did. I thought that's, <laughs> that's what I call art. I thought. <laughs> I mean, that that's quite funny, isn't it? Because he's fourteen. He's like, don't get him, it's I'm this. We'll just cover it up. But like, if you were going to draw that 
wouldn't you put a bit more detail in it than like I mean it is a real it's just a daub isn't it of a pair of tits it's, but anyway um, there's a few things I kind of like about it in that he has an easy ambience it's, it reminds you of Sylvester Stallone's quite a charming actor yeah. he plays off his real son quite well <laughs> And I like the fact there's a poster of Apollo and Rocky from around the second fight on the wall as well. But it's all padding. We talked for ages about his French teacher, I think, and, and what's the math teacher like, uh, or English teacher. She's pretty hot too. And it's like, this is fucking going on a bit. I think it's just probably spend a little bit of time with, with them because you, you, you know, you're not going to see them together for quite a long stretch of the film. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. And I think he does use the term home team in this scene as well. Yeah. yeah, that's where he kind of introduces it. But I think right, it's just to set up the fact that obviously, of, yeah. Later, yeah, later They're on, clubs. Gonna... they've got these little touchstones. Exactly. Yeah, it's just the fact that obviously later on in the film, you know, he's going to sort of let him down. Um, so this is kind of just to set up their relationship, really, and so they are quite close and to set up the whole idea of home team. Um, All right, I kind of and, take and, that, 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 really. I see the point. Yeah. And, right. and then this this scene was well, not just in this scene, but it's this scene where uh, I actually noticed that Sloane's playing Rocky more how Rocky used to be. Like in Rocky yeah. One, a little on Rocky and, and Rocky and possibly Rocky Two. He's about, well. to, te- he's about to tell him the bad jokes. Do you mean? Do you mean almost like a little bit sort of self-effacing? Yeah, a little bit more simple. You know, he's not. Uh, you know, he's a lost, little bit, a little bit dumb, but lots of silly jokes and kind of charming and sweet yeah. in his way. Yeah. And I suppose if if he's finding pictures of his kids drawing like tits or whatever, <laughs> and and I make it. If you haven't seen the film, I'm making it sound really graphic. It isn't. It's a silhouette. It's literally, I'm sure. I'm sure you, you guys probably did it. You know, when you were young for boobies and all the rest of it. And I'd have drawn them better than that, and I'm not an artist. But anyway, I suppose it shows that there's a bond there that he wouldn't have with his mother. <laughs> there's something special about father and son relationship because he's not embarrassed. His dad's found that, and they have a little joke about it. And it's don't show your mum this. <laughs> she doesn't. I think she says something like she doesn't understand French yeah. or something like that. So. I kind of take it back. It also gives time for Paulie and Adrian to be away from him in order for an issue to come up and them start having a fight around. Yeah, because uh, apparently Paulie's the biggest dickhead in the world. <laughs> yeah, in which is funny because... It'd be nicer. Outside of the first 10 minutes of this film, yeah, I'd agree. Paulie's better in this film than any other film in terms of like the guy, the character. But he's an asshole in the first ten minutes. Yeah, his usual kind of not, but I think in this film he really makes up for it. Yeah. There's I mean, a bit of a role reversal between him and Rocky Hikes. I mean, I think this is like part of the faults of the film. I mean, I think this is why I think part of the film needed to be sort of scripted a bit better, or maybe there was something more in the film that was cut. Um that you just sort of signed they didn't didn't think well uh, think they needed for like a short running time. But, you know, you never really ha- see Paulie really apologise for it or kind of sort of grow with that. You know, you never sort of see have that repercussion where he, and then he starts on journey to be like a good a good force in a film, if you know what no, I mean. No, it just, it just becomes the new normal. Yeah. Paulie's fucked up and you've now lost everything. <laughs> he screams, yeah. I promise you I never took a freaking penny. And you're like, actually, Paulie, no one thinks you stole anything. They think you just... But was it... And I never quite remember this correctly, even when I've just seen the film. Is it that he signs away the power of attorney or is it that he gives it to Rocky to sign away? Does he say that thing you got Rocky to sign, or does she say that thing you signed? I don't know. I've Do always I thought it was think he signed. 
Yeah, that's what I thought the same. Right. So he signed it without reading it, or he presented it to Rocky to sign without reading it, yeah. basically. And it gives power of attorney to the lawyer, who has just basically... Gambled it away. Yeah, he's stolen the money. They've got a mortgage on the house that they didn't even know they had, which isn't the same house as the last film. The family all moved while they were in Russia. It's this sort yeah, of... Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't, thing I, now. That was I didn't not think, oh, house. it looks quite new. I thought it was, actually. I thought it was the same... I don't think it is. It, it, it look, they look a little familiar... I could be wrong. I mean, no, I mean, not like I might I'm... be wrong as well, but it, it's, I'm sure it was like a white thing in the last film and it's not in this one. But anyway, um, that, so they're going to lose the house and Paulie basically says, I still own my place. So they move back to the house that Rocky used to visit Adrian in, in the first film. Yeah. So <laughs> basically go back to square one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, before that, before they actually make the move, He's, he's basically told advertisements are going to be a tough sell because you're now a bankrupt and we haven't proved you innocent yet. And also you've got, they've only got to look and find you've got an assault conviction for when you were working for a loan shark. I thought oh, that needs to stop him selling American Express in the previous, but all right, okay, fine, right, fair enough. So Rocky wants to fight. Yeah, and Adrian said, you know, and he, he's just saying a couple of fights gets us out of this, which is logical. But it's Adrian, the way just, out of poverty, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You can see why he's saying it. Against square one. But Adrian says, "Do you trust me, or do you love me, or do you care about me?" I can't remember what she says. And there's a long pause as she look, he looks at her, and he's like, "Okay, Snooker, I've got to see a doctor," because she says, "If if you see a doctor and you're cleared, I'll do, I'll support whatever you want to do." And, of course, the next thing is he goes to the doctor, and this is another bit he's cribbed because the medical report he's given is effectively the medical report that was given to Ali by the Mayo Clinic before he fought Larry Holmes. He was cleared to fight him, but that, that septum thing where there's a hole between the two ventricles in the brain, they found that on Muhammad Ali in 1980, and it, and it, gets, it can get worsened by repeated blows to the head. So he's cribbing a bit from that because Muhammad Ali was cleared to fight, even though the report, and I've read it, or read spits of it, um, raise more questions than answers, he is referring to the same thing. That hole in the part of the brain, he's got that from reading that. And he's told he wouldn't get licensed anywhere, which is bullshit, because there's places people with HIV have fought, and there are places where you don't have to do scans. But for the sake of the, the plot, and the fact that the more stringent state athletic commissions wouldn't, yeah, okay, so Rocky has to retire. Yeah, so for the, yeah, for the sake of the plot, and also, also, like, you wouldn't get the same payday as you would do, was he? So, um, so, so, yeah, so this is kind of like, um, so this is kind of like a, a big blow of everything to Rocky. First, you lose your house, your money, now you definitely can't box anymore. <laughs> but you've still got your old coat and hat and some chunky knitwear. <laughs> Yeah, is it just to top off, just just to sort of really sell the fact that they're going back, like Rock, like first scene the the Rockies gone yeah, back. Yeah, he steps. Back to he, it's almost like yeah, he steps back into his old persona. Yeah, it's like it's still fit, and then, and then he, he like, starts smoking again instantly, <laughs> which is quite funny. Well, yeah, why the fuck not? I mean, you're not gonna, you don't need to be fit anymore now, do you? Like so, uh, and. He puts the glasses on Adrian as well. They have that kind of like, oh, do you remember that time where, you know, I had that awkward moment. <laughs> <laughs> that is very awkward. Uh, <laughs> where we conceived a baboon. 
<laughs> One hairy baby. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah, so, uh, Adrian uh, starts wearing the same old coat and glasses now. <laughs> Yeah, so. she doesn't really. I mean, she does dress like a middle-aged woman. They always dress her kind of like that after the mm. first couple of films. But she does. Uh, tally, again, I, I mean no knock on it because people do age, but there is a noticeable difference between Talia Shire in the opening credits when she's at ringside in Rocky Four and all the scenes thereafter. Uh, Talia Shire has aged in that three or four years. Well, there's um, a clear difference in that in that scene where she where she. She's still on the gear from Rocky Four, and she—that's what I mean. You see yeah. it instantly, whereas Stallone really hasn't at this point. He still looks, yeah, he still looks very similar. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they they come back to the neighbourhood and they live in Paulie's old house, basically. Which is a good job. It's still available, wasn't it? <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah, it reminded me of the Trotters keeping the flat in uh, <laughs> in Only Fools and Horses. It was like, why the fuck would you? You've just yeah, won just seven case. million or whatever. But, yeah, well, it's like, well, in case the plot requires us to come back here. It was poorly, so maybe he just kept something for himself. For it, it wouldn't be out of keeping with his ego that he just thinks he's... He wants to be given things, but he wants to feel he's standing on his own two feet as well. Yeah. So we had, he, you know, you gave me a watch and all the rest of it, but I want a job. So maybe he would keep his own house. You never know. Yeah, plus maybe. also maybe it's like just a attachment to old days. Yeah, you know? yeah. could be. Okay. Um, yeah, but anyway, so the back back at back at the old place, back to you know to where they were. Because um, they all live down the road from each other. Because it only occurred to yeah. me after we recorded Rocky Four that Apollo is in a pool in like beautiful sunshine, you know, like LA kind of weather, and he rings up Rocky and says, "I'm on my way round," and they clearly live in like a very different climate. And the previous week, um, you had Mr. T saying, come round to my apartment tonight. So you think, well, he lives within a short driving distance <laughs> of Rocky's house as well. We're going to find out Russia's in Pennsylvania as well, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> just just the north part where it snows yeah, a lot. They're, they're all in the same state, very close to that city. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is pretty serious stuff. I mean, Rocky's got no employment skills, no money. Adrian, I think, does she go back to the pet shop? Yeah. She does, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. It is literally back to square one all over again, isn't it? Not instantly, but you, you know, you, you find out, or Rocky finds out um, later on when, you know, having that confrontation with uh, Don King. Uh, not, uh, sorry, uh, not Don, <laughs> Don King. King. <laughs> not, not Don King, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then. <laughs> so, it is. That's a... before he stops, starts training, not Jerry Cooney. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not not Brian Bosworth, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I get confused then because you said Brian Bosworth and my head mistranslated it as uh, Brian Boitano. You know, like South Park. What would Brian Boitano do? Yeah, can you imagine That's that? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Rocky just trains an effeminate ice skater for the rest of the film. If we do South Park movies, I just I can't wait. Well, that yeah, that'll be a long retrospective, wouldn't it? <laughs> Two films. Well, what one, one, one film? film. <laughs> well, uh, it's also, well, no, it's also a thought, but like you know, Matt, Matt and Ben and Matt and Trey. So, and, um, yeah, the, well, there's all Gasmo and basketball. Which I did like. Oh my god, I've not seen Gasmo for years. Oh my god. I did that funny. I remember that being quite hilarious. I, I remember finding basketball really funny. Yeah. But yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I can't remember the order of scenes. He goes, he goes into the gym, doesn't he? Which is now pretty dilapidated. Yeah. And watches. Now, he can't, Burgess Meredith died about ninety-seven, and I know he had Alzheimer's by that point. Alzheimer's can take years, and this is nineteen ninety, and he doesn't look well, does he? He's... I must say, I, I did notice a few sort of things in this clip. I mean, I found this particular scene, this the sequence, mm. heartbreaking. As for me, is one of the most emotional. Was well, that emotional because Mickey film. is dead, or do you think that's because Burgess Meredith? Burgess Meredith. <laughs> oh, because Burgess Meredith. Actually, I can do it. Get it right at the bully. <laughs> <of the tent. laughs> I'm not that um, I've always because... felt he should have been called Burgess Meredith. He is called Burgess Meredith. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. fucking up. You get it right. Murgis Meredith, Chris, yes. If Chris is trying to get it wrong and gets it right, has he got it wrong? <laughs> anyway. Um, that is a perplexing mystery. There you go. Write to us at uh, expectustalk at gmail.com. It's like one of those questions, like, you know, if a tree falls down, if no one's there to, there to hear it, is there really noise? Well, yes, obviously. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not a difficult one. Yes, of course. How um, do you know you're never there to hear it? You're never there to hear it, so how do you know? Well, that could be, that's the same <laughs> with everything I never see. <laughs> is the scene affecting to you because of Burgess's clearly declining help? Yes, yeah, so both obviously because he's portraying a character who has passed away in previous films and also because he does look quite poorly in this scene. But again, it's, it's very touching. Um, and I think that the way it's kind of done, it's in a kind of very like subtle way. Um, and yeah, I just, I just felt... I, I don't know, I'm just very emotional at the moment, I guess. Um, after the ending of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, spoiler alert. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, shed a bit of a tear. Yeah, but, um, no, just Meredith just dies at the end. Yeah, spoiler alert for Guardians of the Galaxy. just Meredith makes an appearance. It's because we all saw that recently. And just goes, um, he loves you, and then dies. <laughs> it was, it had a strange tone to it, because the whole... The whole um, it's a bit of a retcon because when he's in the shower in the first scene, I noticed this time that he was wearing he was wearing that uh, chain with the boxing glove on it. Um, in previous films, the only time we've ever seen it, Apollo was wearing it, so it is a complete retcon. It's okay. Um, the dialogue again, I've heard it all before in different things. That inter- the aforementioned interview with Customato, you can probably find it on YouTube. He's got Tyson sat next to him. I picture in my mind of Tyson wearing a hat while that interview's going on. I might be right. I might be wrong. Sorry, but he, he says I will. St- I probably wouldn't be around now if it wasn't for him. Um, I will stay around and I will watch him become a success. And when I go, he'll be able to take care of himself, not just in the ring, but in you know in life. The dialogue that's in the scene is just taken from that interview, which makes it jar for me because. I'd seen that, I think, before I'd seen the film because I was always a boxing fan at that age. So because I know it's sort of cobbled together from somebody else's work, somebody else's thoughts, it doesn't sound like Mickey to me. Does it to you guys? You, you know what? Into- it didn't sound like Mickey. I mean, I understand where Becker is coming from because it is adds like an emotional touch. Oh, it's definitely And, and, and I think yeah. uh, Sly actually plays... It well, just from his reactions, but it didn't feel like Mickey to me because it felt like Mickey being too nice, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, I can like, imagine him being so lovey dovey, or not lovey dovey, but being kind of very soft and sentimental like that. I mean, I was like, mm. I mean, there isn't really, I mean, you never 
really see. He's always been like a quote of tough love, really. I mean, it, I mean, I, I don't doubt that that's what Mickey probably felt if he would if he, he had a proper it? heart. He wouldn't say it. Yeah, the one line he says that I can't remember is in the Damato interview. It could well be. It's the sort of thing he would have said. But the one line that authentically imprints itself onto Mickey is where he says, "I'm I'm not much a fan of people think the stuff that comes out of people's mouths." That's Mickey. But then to go on with, I love you, and here's this. He doesn't say, I love you. But it's that's the gist. He's telling Rocky what Rocky means to him. Um, Sylvester Stallone does play it really well, although would he stand in the ring like watching it like, would he stand watching it like that? But with a bit of artistic license, yeah, because he looks kind of nostalgic and a bit upset and proud and everything at the same time. Stallone in that scene. But it, I, I thought it was kind of a mistake only because... It's a bit on the nose of what's following, but also Burgess Meredith does not look well here. Okay, well, if you were dead as well, you'd probably look, look very well, would you? Yeah, I've been in a box for, <laughs> for eight years. Or two months, depends on how you measure the time frame. Yes, I guess. <laughs> uh, I died in 1981 and two months ago, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I've always found it affecting, and I've I've never quite put my fingers on why because the dialogue i know comes from someone else's mouth yeah i've heard it come from someone else's so mouth. you know the references too so much, it doesn't really. yeah so it doesn't sound like mickey to me but does it not sound like mickey to me because i know it's someone else if i quoted a passage from someone else who was famous you wouldn't go oh, that sounds just like dave hmm. even if it was the sort of thing i might say so that i don't know but i think the reason i find it so affecting is literally he looks unwell i mean i i didn't for me, I don't think it really. I mean, it was just like it was just more of a level of acceptance of the fact that well, of course he looks older. So, so for me, like what the question of like, okay, well, maybe they should have just not bothered if he it looks too jarring the fact that he's clearly aged now. But that aside, it's like well, obviously you can't you can't help can't help the actor being aged, and obviously you can't just reuse stuff they've already had from previous films. Maybe you could have shot it as a reverse in the what you've got is you see the back of Rocky mm-hmm. and you see Mickey full you know full frame his face. You could have switched that and just had Mickey the back of Mickey in his voice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I've never really thought about that before but yeah, I struggle with that scene. So around now he meets Tommy, am I right? Um. Yes, I think he tries to introduce himself at first, doesn't he? Yeah. Or, or is this? Randomly approaches him in the street. Oh, I'm or... Tommy Gunn. Or is this oh, later Tom on? Gunn. Isn't this not later <laughs> on though? Because then he first introduce himself where, uh, where with the whole big clash with the uh, not Don King, and then Adrian comes along. Yeah, and then Tommy Gunn just goes up and approaches himself. That's right, because he says I've, we've we, we've got the medical reports and we can work around them. George Washington Duke says that to Adrian, doesn't he? We've yeah, seen the medical. I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. You're going at it the wrong. That's not the one you got to convince. <laughs> you know, because so when he was in good health, she wasn't over delighted about it. <laughs> yeah, but he, but he tries to pull the whole um, like oh, looks like uh, the, the woman's sort of making all the decisions, you know, you know, like sort of like the real... Which might be true, but is she really going to be susceptible as someone who was not that into it to start with? 
to we can work around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I'll do that. Yeah. Rocky manages to kit out the gym completely, even though he's got no money. He's already Mickey, isn't he? He's just training yeah. local fighters. Which I guess is probably nice. He kind of like you can see sort of Rocky going back to his roots now, and he's he's done what he's he could do. You know, he's you know he, he almost feels like yeah, you Rocky, you're back at home now. Almost, there's a nice sort of comfort feeling to that. A bit sad because you think, oh, what he's come from, but. Well, I mean, he, it, it was getting too distant from us, wasn't it? Mm. But I don't know that the answer was to put him back into poverty. Because that just feels like a sad way for the character to end. No. How he ended. No. I mean, um, that way. In, you know, when you think of the end of the film, well, we'll get there in a bit. I, I've always thought, like, we were going to leave it here, were we? Really? All right, yeah. okay. Yeah, and Tommy comes up to him, and I've, got pro- I've always had problems with this immediately. Because he just starts talking. And he's just spilling out lines that, you know, unlike an actor delivering them, he's just... He just spits them out, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he's just trying to do the Rocky thing where he just sort of, like, well, you know, we'll... Uh, just yeah, there's a Rocky, Rocky clone there, I, I must say. There's a little bit, like, in the early days of the character. What made me smile was, you know, he's like, I want you to train me. And Rocky's like, no, I'm not doing that. And I'm thinking... Well, you're basically training fighters now. Is what you're doing. (laughs) It's not like you're now working as a chief executive somewhere. And he said, "What about boxing?" No, I don't do that anymore. You're on the way to the fucking gym. (laughs) So yeah, let him come along. But I think yeah, for whatever reason, he sticks around for hours and sees catches him later, and the perseverance. He lets him have a spar. And in that sparring, he just completely loses his yeah loses it yeah. But he's clearly he's clearly raw but tough. It's uh, I think that that scene is a sort of shade of like of what um, Tommy's problem is or the issue that of that that is inevitably about to face. Because um, you you could say what happens with Tommy later on is a kind of like a twist. Almost, it almost feels like so. It's meant to sort of play out as a bit more of a betrayal, you know. And, and I think it's almost like in a general narrative of a story, you kind of expect Rocky becomes comes the trainer and trains Tommy up to be the champion, and it's kind of like the fitting end to the the the, the, the Rocky saga of like uh, you know Rocky sort of making a new champion, finding find his pathway, creating a new champion rather than becoming a champion, but. The the idea of the of Tommy getting stolen away from him and kind of like going again it's kind of almost like a okay okay that's that's something different so I think the him going a bit more aggressive and violent is a is a little sort of a sign to say like this guy isn't particularly that nice of a guy really at the base of it so I mean he, t- he takes him home to his, his yeah. house shows him the basement shows him all the kit and it, but he's you know, from, like son... not really giving a shit about him and thinking like I'm thinking he's no you're too dangerous to like come in have some food and it's yeah and his son has set out all his old boxing memorabilia and all, all the rest of it in the basement um yeah. so all it took was like to... I was a big fan of yours okay that's that's all it took yeah but then he sort of started saying, uh, "What well, uh, his son had," and then his, he'd immediately, he immediately blows his son off there to talk to. He said, "I want to tell you some more things," and then he says, "I want to introduce you to Frankie Fear." That was the whole <laughs> fire and fear um, 
uh, analogy that, that is from Customato as well. And from now on, it's we revisit, we visit a few montages, don't we? They have dinner for, before all that, and Rocky, uh, sorry, Tommy tells the story of how he was beaten up by his own father repeatedly, mm. and was a drunk. And That's I just really thought, sad. did we need that? Really? That was a bit, bit too much. And I think it, it adds character to Tommy. I mean, I think had this film had more character work for everyone involved, and had it not, had it been like a longer film, like say, because this film's like. It's about, it's, yeah, that, if it was more two hours uh, a film and we had a bit more character development, something like that probably would have like been a lot more satisfying and fleshed out uh, for Tommy's character as a character as a whole, and probably for everyone else as well. I mean, he had a few more character beats here and there. Um, you know, I just think I, I, it's just part of the part of the thing. Why I, think, out, I think I think that's the point. It's out on a limb. Yeah, because the rest of that character work isn't there really. Yeah, and so it's just a scene where. He comes into their home and basically tells Rocky's son what a fucked up life he's had. I th- yeah, I, I guess I guess it is like another way for us as an audience and probably for Rocky um, to sympathise with him. But it also represents an understanding of his method of boxing and why he's that aggressive. And you can kind of see it. And you think, and you probably see Rocky's thinking, oh, okay, I've got, I've got this kind of like talented kid but troubled um, let me try and like take that anger and training to be something really good and really positive you could take that angle from it I mean that's what I kind of got from it where the film is particularly good at that I'm not saying that that's the case but I think that's what it was kind of going for yeah I mean I I, I kind of I, I think I see what the film's trying to do yeah um, I, I just think it just fails along the way I think it's just it just missteps Rather than like, but I think it, that's what it's going for. That's what it's trying to do. We've we've barely mentioned um, we've barely mentioned his son, and and I think the reason is that the whole B plot doesn't massively interest me. But of course, he's now going to a, like a local school, yeah. and getting the shit kicked out of him daily by a couple of the boys. Uh, one with a equally impressive mullet. <laughs> the other one who Jesus. looks like basically looks like Edward Furlong, but with an eating disorder. Oh. Uh, Basically, if Edward Furlong... He, he, he looks like one of the Goonies. Yeah, and um, and it basically gets the shit kicked out of him every day while some girl looks on a little bit like, hello. And so he tries to talk to his dad about it. His dad's not really paying any attention. And so he ends up basically training in the gym under... Paulie. Paulie. Now, this is through the film, but frankly, it's such a shit plot. We'll just get it done now. He trains under... Paulie and towards later in the film Paulie lots of knowing looks from Paulie about how he can see his own father is neglecting him Mm. and later in the film he beats the boys up and they're suddenly his mates (laughs) Uh, and that's it but we even have a fight scene where it's like go for it which was the strap line from this film anyway so yeah Uh, yeah, that was film tagline wasn't it yeah fucking shit go for it it's just like why am I watching two 14 year olds fight really badly I don't care. It does shadow the whole getting obsessed with Tommy's progress thing that Rocky's doing. Several times, his boy tries to talk to him and he either cuts him off or says, go and tell your mother, or he goes, well, that's great, but, and straight back to Tommy. Yeah. I, I will say this for the the, the bit with the, the kids fighting. Um, 
there was one part I liked, um, and it was the fact that even though he's he's just he's just punched a, he's just faced up to his bully and basically knocked him down with a few punches, and he's like, right, give me give me jacket back, and he just does a kind of. He does a kind of like a, a stand-up thing. It's like we can end this now, and just like offers to shake his hands, and he's like, "Okay, fine." And I think that's kind of like a nice little touch. Of like, oh, if you're gonna go down this path, it's that's where it's got to end. Yeah, uh, and I kind of quite like that because had he beaten the kid up, and that's the last we saw. Yeah, and he just ran to tell his dad. His dad, dad went, "Yeah, whatever," because he's busy. Then, the, what message the that sent? Well, it's not only that; it's the fact that. I mean, I don't care about the storyline, so I'm trying to give it almost praise that I sort of don't think it deserves. But at the same time, if you finish on... You've got more closure to the story because he was not settled in that school. He's a little rich kid. He's always known wealth. If they shake his hand and he's got their respect and you later see them hanging out at his house, then you can at least accept that he will probably have a much, much more comfortable life from now on. Rather than he's just beating up the bullies, but we've got no idea what school is like from him going forward. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I think it's just like, uh, should we say, uh, a, a way to say that he's actually quite well adjusted and he's got some morals to him. So it's that good old fashioned like, I'll punch you down, but I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll shake your hand and we'll call it a day there. You know what I mean? Like sort of like, and just in that good in that good old fashioned like. Um, there's no malicious to this too. It's just like, okay, well, fine, we had a fight. Done, done, this and now. Okay, yeah, that's it. I think he says you're all right or something yeah. like that. I yeah, think he well, You had the judgment to grow that mullet. I'm not sure I'm going <laughs> to trust your opinion, to be honest. Bad 80s fashion. I mean, like, I was wondering at what point did he get the, uh, get, did yeah. he get the year? But at the, at the same time, all this is happening. There's a, there's a lot going on here. Uh, Tommy, we see his first fight. It's a clear echo of the Spider Rico fight from the first Yeah, film. it really is. Right, right the way from camera angles. It starts on the stained glass of Jesus, pans down, and it's the same camera shots and everything. Uh, he nearly gets beaten in this first fight, or he certainly struggles, and he's talking about dropping out. Um, he talks him around Rocky. Again, he's using some custom art of language, and I don't like Tommy Morrison's acting here. But, yeah, it's kind of cool. It, it tells you that... As much as he's later told, well, you're not Mickey. Tommy isn't you and you're not Mickey. Mm. Actually, he's got um, an aptitude for this. He does have an aptitude for training. This film shows us he has. Um, but we ca- we kind of get like a bit of a montage, don't we, really? It- it's kind of, we see lots of Rocky, uh, lots of Tommy fights intercut with headlines saying he's now 8 and 0, he's now 11 and 0, he's now 16 and 0. And also, but they're starting to call him puppet, robot, basically clone of Rocky. Um, at the same time, you've got George Washington Duke at ringside for a lot of these fights, and you know he's bringing women, a woman in particular, to the ringside to meet him. And you get lots shots of Paulie looking at it and seeing what's happening, and Rocky is oblivious. Yeah, which just makes you think, and- like Rocky is just really fucking dumb. Yeah, well, like it could you know, not be more right. obvious. But he was street smart. He should know this. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's pretty obvious. He's going over to a guy who said to Rocky's wife, "We can work around this brain damage." <laughs> um, 
and the, at the same time, we see we see Union Kane win the vacant title because Rocky's retired. Mm. So around that time, Union Kane's got the title. Everything's yeah, and it's it's just a long. It's not that long a film. This period of the film is just basically the whole story of him getting towards twenty two and oh, I think he is when he leaves. Just a quick question: How does one win the vacant title? Is it just is it is it like you just take the two top two contenders? Top contenders. Oh. Generally, I mean that's the way it should work. I mean it isn't always like that, but yeah, that, that's the way it should work. You take, you take, you know, the two most the two people ranked highest or the two most available highest ranked. Certainly, it depends on the. I mean, when it was vacated, there, you know, if he had a mandatory challenger, that mandatory challenger would be one of them. So yeah. Anyway, the point is the the titles are taken by Kane, so it's under the control of him. We also see. Don't we see Duke go and show him, like, an apartment and stuff? Yeah, he invites him over and he's sort of like, hey, lots of girls and this. <laughs> he's like, entices yeah. him with... He uh... to show him the high life. Yeah. And he splits with Rocky on... The fights are ludicrous. The fights are a little bit over the top because you've got people bouncing off the ropes into Tommy's, like, fist and then their feet flying out in front of them. That was really and... weird. Oh, it was just a bit too much, really. And And the funny thing is, a lot of the punches... They're what they call like arm punches. You're supposed to sort of turn your body in with a punch. Although if you just punch just by throwing your arm, typically there's no power in that. And there's loads of that in this film. But I suppose he doesn't want to hurt anyone if he's a real boxer. If he's in with like an actor, he's not going to want to twat him for real, is he? <laughs> the film actually speeds along quite quickly. Because we're at him leaving Rocky quite quickly. I must say, like for all this film, like I know there isn't a lot of love for this film. Um it does. It does have a little bit of heart, but in for all its faults, it doesn't. It didn't work. See, it is a little bit on the long side, but I don't feel it drags. I don't think it's that long at all. It's. I think it's the second. No, it's the third. I think it's just maybe there's a bit of a sort of depressing tone in the second half of the film. I think that kind of knows it for me. But oh yeah, I don't think it drags at all. So he leaves Rocky on Christmas Eve. The bastard. I know. Yeah, it's. It's, it's it's pretty sort of like oh, the ultimate dick move, but also you like you bring in like not Don King with you, being being a loud mouth. It's like oh he's oh he just he just wanted to come. It's like why? he wanted to come. Well, what's that got to do with anything? Yeah, and, and and his reasoning for it is basically it's like look, we've been training for so long. Um, I've, you've not given me the title shot. He he can give me like give me like sort of next week apparently. He'll get me the shot, and we haven't made any real money yet. Yeah. Whatever that means. I mean, he literally hands... The one thing that isn't very donking is when they're discussing it and he says to him, you can still keep Rocky as your trainer. He says, here's a $20,000 advance and hands him what appears to be a check. Donking wasn't that type of guy. Donking was very much flash cash at them because it impresses poor people, people who grew up poor. Mm. So quite often, if, if Donking like, owed someone a million or something, I mean, he did it with Muhammad Ali. He got Muhammad Ali to sign sign a release for about 50,000 in cash because it looks like a lot of money but yeah so he gets in the car he's got this stupid convertible this airhead with for him that looks about twice his age uh, I don't mean that to be nasty it's just bear in mind she's, he's early 20s at this point and she looks a lot older than that and Rocky begs him to stay and then basically has one of these sort of concussive moments you get mm. through the film where his brain damage is yeah. hurting this is like one of his Big things where he sort of says he doesn't care about you. It's you know he doesn't care about you or me. It's just like the money. I mean I think I do think the thing with um, 
him saying, oh, sure, uh, Rocky State's debut trainer was kind of like a, a shallow promise. It's like, oh, sure, he can, he, he can do it. But knowing full well that it does not going to mean shit. It's not. It's, it's going to be too acrimonious a breakup. He, he, he just knows that he's end up going to be sidelined regardless of what happens. You know. So and the same like, sort of thing happened with Tyson. Suddenly he wasn't working with Rooney, uh, Kevin Rooney anymore, and and he worked with a succession of trainers afterwards. Most of which, not all, there were one or two good names in there, but he worked with a handful who who were just nothing really. You know, when he lost in Tokyo, they didn't even have an end swell in the corner, which is the flat iron that reduces swelling. They didn't even have one in the corner, so Tyson's eye starts to swell, and they just put like a bag of ice on it. It's it's amateur night, and that would never have happened before Tom King came along. It, it's all playing to the worst instincts, and and this is where it's getting it from. This is where the film is drawing that from, that his head's been turned by money. Uh, I thought Stallone played where he says about he doesn't care about me either. He plays that better in the bar at the end than he does at the car. Mm. You don't care about me either, you know? He just wants to get us in the ring together. But that's it. And then he gets a shot at the title, fights Union Kane. Rocky, you know, boxes along to it. I mean, this before he patches things up with his son, he kind of, like, he has a heart side. Yeah, he poly- his son's on a street corner now sort of smoking with an earring on. In. <laughs> um, He's a rebellious teenager. Yeah. Cig- uh, cigarette smoking was listed as a as a factor in his early death because he used to smoke two packets a day. So it's quite hard watching it with fourteen. How with a fag there? I don't know if it's a, a cigarette. Sorry to just thinking, Matt. It still started from there. Yeah, that has a whole other meaning. Rocky Five killed Sloan's son. Uh, yeah, um, he does apologise. Um, there was a scene in. Well, this I think film. just part of the whole like teen rebellion thing, really, isn't it? Because he starts hanging out with the wrong crowd, gets his ear pierced. Yeah, with a ridiculous earring. Yeah. He basically looks exactly the same, but with an earring stuck on. <laughs> with it, a tough earring. Yeah. And an like, attitude. Yeah. yeah it's not attitude. like he went all goth or anything, is it? But um, he, there was a cut scene from this film. Marie was supposed to be in this film. You know little Marie from the first film? Oh, yeah. And she turned out, as Rocky predicted, she was supposed to be a prostitute in this film. And, of course, they've cut that, which means it wasn't really in the story and they can retcon all that next week. We'll get to it with Rocky Balboa, but yeah, there was a scene with Little Marie as a prostitute in it. Yeah, which would have been like a, a little dark sort of tone. The fact that you know, what, well, what, what, what Rocky said to her in the first Rocky film, it's like, well, that's happened now. <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what the film's trying to be telling us with that. What Rocky's so wise? Mm. You know, you didn't spot your own son in this twat right in front of you, and like, but you're really prescient on prostitution or something or, or the effects of poverty yeah i, I guess the, the, the and again the film doesn't do a very good job of this uh, admittedly but i do think it's just rocky just getting blindsided by his glory after losing everything he's just kind of like lose sight of what actually is important which is his, his son and his family but he's uh he's just getting blindsided and he's kind of like reliving his glory days through tommy you know so he's just literally all his attention is just on him on on the, the good old days trying to get like rebuild back a, a career. He's too almost. close to his own career. By the time we yeah. get to Creed, he's an old man. He can't. He genuinely can't. Honestly, by that point, mm. be reliving his own glories in quite the same way. This is a frustrated fighter still, effectively. Yeah, and I, don't, I doubt he is by Creed. He's quite accepting of where he is by that point. Yeah, definitely. But. It's- it's a quite subtle because why wouldn't he still be living through the generation? But you never get the impression Rocky is 
anything other than accepting of where he is, whether he likes it or not. But then, so yeah, he goes on to fight Union Kane. Rocky watches it on the TV. Rocky sort of shadow boxes along with it, or boxes on mm. the heavy bag along with it. That's an okay scene. It's a bit on the nose because they're copying some of each other's punches, but that's fine. He wins, and he wins to a shower of booze, basically. Yeah. Uh, and signs with people, you know, basically Rocky's robot and all that kind of shit. And he absolutely loses his shit over it. They go, he says, I don't know what's wrong with these people. And they go to a press conference, and Duke is talking at Balboa. For obvious reasons, because he wants them to fight. Yeah, keep Rocky in people's minds. Yeah. And he loses his shit over that. And goes off and throws a tantrum in a really sort of... I don't know, there's something about what, watching someone have a tantrum in a tracksuit with a baseball cap on that <laughs> looks fucking stupid. Especially a big puffy... I don't, know. <laughs> I don't think it was a shell suit, but it certainly evoked that. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. didn't look good. And his acting is dreadful here. It's just so over the top. There's no mounting anger. There's no rage that then subsides. There's no nothing. There's just a non-actor shouting his lines. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean? I've earned, I've earned this championship. Yeah, it's like, you know... It's, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I guess there, there is that frustration there with that uh, with him. Um, but... Um, we, if you we, buy this, I mean, one of, one of Duke's aides says to him something like, you know, Rocky's always going to be a legend or what, whatever the line is, you'll never get respect while he's around or something like that. And he goes immediately right straight to the bar to find him and have a fight there and then. Well, I think we established that, you know, he has anger issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I get and being not donkey. He has thick as pig shit issues as well, yeah. doesn't he? Well, you know, this. It's probably where uh, he bonded with Rocky. About that. Um, but, um, Maybe. Do you reckon they sit of an evening and just watch like Asses of Fire, <laughs> the Terrence and Philip movie? But but not Don King is quite good at manipulating people, especially with like people who aren't particularly that bright. You know, he's probably done it with all the other boxers. So yeah. I it, know they're not bright, but it's just like yeah. he's trying to wind him up enough to. I don't know why he's trying to find him, wind him up, because he already wants the right Rocky. It's Rocky you need. But he, I suppose he winds him up to call him out, but it's just... We've already had the... Uh, when, he, when he won the fight as well, uh, Rocky's like at least expecting, or well, at least giving me something. Not, yeah. He says the angel on the shoulder bit, and then he says George Washington Duke. Yeah. And Rocky's, Rocky just pauses, doesn't he? His face almost freezes yeah. for a second. I mean, what, what is the ultimate insult is the fact that that's what Rocky said, is like, I'm your angel on your shoulder. And to, to kind of like, it's one thing just to not thank him, uh, and and thank the other guy, but yeah. to actually but to use... appropriate his terms as a means of yeah. not thanking him, if you like, yeah. Is I don't yeah. know if that would have been deliberate. Uh, again, because Tommy Morrison's not an actor, we can't we can't see that subtle vein of spite in it. There's no. I've never read that as he said that pointedly, knowing Rocky would be watching. Now, that could have been an intention in the script, but it's not sold by the actor. Yeah. So I just thought it was some dumb twat repeating some cliche he's heard. I I think that's what it is, given to what I know of the character and what I understand of him. I don't think I think it's more just thoughtlessness. Thought, thought, thoughtlessness. That's how I read it. But if there was, there could have been an intention for a little bit more spite in it, and we'd never know. Possibly. So, had, had, had it had it been a lot more fleshed out, shall we say? Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, I mean, you could, this could be the argument, the fact that he's still resenting Rocky for not giving him the shot because he's a bit of an impatient one. Um, yeah, we're racing to the end of the film now, basically. Yeah. Um, you've got Rocky finishes the fight. Uh, oh, sorry. They f- finishes watching the fight. Paulie's pissed off with all of it. Paulie in this film, he's very protective of Rocky. Try to warn him, and he and he starts the whole fight off in a minute by just having to shout at, at Tommy for the way he's treated Rocky. Mm. Um, I, Paulie's I, for once in this series a generally likable character if you forget the first few minutes because <laughs> um, in the first few minutes he's like what well, a piss pot you know but the rest mm. of the film he's a different character almost entirely but it's it's an aspect that's always been in there somewhere so it doesn't jar but they go to this pub which is ludicrously covered in graffiti outside which is funny but it's the same bar from the first fight it's the same bartender as well I don't know if he's still alive. Yeah, I need to look him up, actually. I think he probably passed away by now. But, um, yeah, they turn up to call him out. Uh, which, with, with a TV camera as well. Like, yeah, they've I, arranged I, that quite quickly. Like, I don't understand what's... I mean, obviously, I think they weren't obviously planning on having an actual street fight. But um, I think the, the, the initial... Um, point of the TV is to kind of like make it a bit more of a show for everyone so they can put Rocky on the spot to get him to agree um, I, I guess that's the reason for it but yeah this kind of like escalates quite quickly doesn't it this <laughs> kind of goes on I, I think it's ludicrous and I just think well like as much as where fighters sort of cross an era and you're not quite sure if the old timers passed it or not you might still wish you'd seen that fight He's there calling out a retired boxer who's lost everything. It looks petulant and spiteful. If that's meant to get anyone thinking this is a good idea, I'm not convinced it works. Well, everyone's kind of like with Rocky anyway, and that's the problem. So, Well, Tommy's always going to be the bad guy in that scenario, yeah. and I think he accepts, would accept that. He's just like, right, I just want to sort of at least say how I beat Rocky. You know. Yeah, going into it, and also you have also, it's, it's all just bet played by not Don King who who is essentially that sort of that kid standing behind the, the bully sort of like doing all the shit talk essentially which is like kind of like okay you're, the, you're like the guy who I really want to punch but um, but okay uh, yeah so they, they kind of like they, they call him out he, Rocky just ignores him so they actually come in yeah they just walk straight back inside yeah, yeah. I ain't finished with you yet it's like this is fucking mental and he's furious that's what I find so funny. He's like, I know he's been wound up by Duke, but he basically dumped Rocky. This is like a couple of months later or whatever it might be. I mean, fights are never announced, much less than like three months before they happen. So, and he's coming shouting at Rocky. <coughs> and it's like, I don't get that at all. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, hang on, you, you, you're shouting at the guy who's, di- who's ditched you. And it's just like, you know, it's just, I think... Obviously, I mean, what I can read into it, it's just something that he just really, really wants. So he just feels entitled to it. So he's yeah, just... but there's a difference between passion and petulant rage. Yeah, well, again, that's probably just a flaw of his of his character, which is his downfall. Which is oh no, I do, I do just think it's the actor. I think they, probably yeah, could have yeah, done more with this. yeah, definitely. But um, but we have to take what we got. Of, so, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I I, I agree. But uh, by this time, this time he kind of like. Basically, when he's shouting down, Rocky's basically sort of trying to be the bigger man, trying to turn his back on him, saying like, "Sort of, no, do you really think I'm, I'm, I, I care? Do you think he cares about me? 
uh, so to speak. And then um, Paulie kind of escalates things a little bit. He kind of call, calls him like, what does he say? He's a real piece of trash, you know? He said, you're a real piece of garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes forward and basically, as soon as he hits him, he hits him a couple of times. And I was reminded of another Tyson thing, that Tyson assaulted someone in the late 80s. I mean, there were lots of little run-ins with the law, but I just remember one time when there was one of these charges, he was charged with assault with a deadly weapon because he's a professional boxer. His fists are the deadly weapon. You can If you're a professional boxer, assault suddenly takes on a very different legal, yeah. particularly for the world heavyweight champion, which he now is. You can't just go punching an old man in a bar like that. I mean, the, the police would be called. It wouldn't just be, let's all watch a fight. Yeah. Because it's on camera as well. But all right, <laughs> that, does, that does... that does. Um, I mean, you could of... say he's like, he sealed his fate right there and then anyway, regardless of what happens. Yes, he did, and that does prompt Rocky. And something needs to prompt Rocky. So I get it. Yeah. Which is it's just kind of like a good line. It's like, you know, you know, I, uh, you knock him down, why are you trying knocking me down now? <laughs> yeah, that's an okay line. Um, but they go outside... What do we think of this fight? So I do think we could have had like some sort of thing off Paulie. You know, he, he said he didn't he say like so go knock his block up or something. Um, I, I can't remember. But yeah, you know, I, I think by that point it could you know it could have been nice to say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm always been a screw. Kind of like just referring to like the old money thing and just had like had that or, or, or to add to it. You know what I mean? Uh, to get what you know, get Rocky to stick up for him. But anyway, um, yeah. So the they come out, and I, I'm not. I'm, one thing I don't get is, would you seemingly against this, but then all of a sudden it's like, oh well, I'll just be calling out stuff. Then I guess it's happening. You know, I, I guess Duke would be like, uh, no, 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 doing it in the ring because there's no money to be made here. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I do get that. Yeah, she says to him at one point a bit later on, if you lose, you're finished. Yeah, I. If you win this, we might be able to sell something in the ring because I mean, oh yeah, he's just trained for a, the world heavyweight title fight. Rocky's been doing fuck all for months. Yeah, you know what I mean. This is yeah. But he's okay. just he literally just came from a fight though as well. Yeah, he did, but I, I know that. But I mean, the fight was done in like a round, so it's not like he's exhausted or anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, and again, this this fight against you know contemporary hip hop music. Um, oh, I hate this fight. I hate this fight. I just don't like it. It's not... Because it's neither fish nor foul, is it? It's not really a boxing match. It's not really wrestling. It's kind of... They're punching him in the back. It's cut awkwardly. It looks very studio in places. And they cut a scene a bit later on where he's down and, you know, you get a little sort of insert of Mickey saying, get up because Mickey loves you. Mickey was meant to be stood on the bridge. Yeah. They've cut that. They've actually had him there as a ghostly apparition. Have Have you seen that? In that, the, there is there is a work print version, uh, and I think you've I haven't. It. I'm aware of it. I, it. I can't imagine it playing as anything other than awful. It is better. I I, I think it plays a bit better. I know what you mean because what 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 ha- what happens? Well, the reason why it's better, right? it's longer. Also, in in this version, Tommy lays into Rocky first properly. Like yeah, pop uh, But in in the the version we watched, um, Rocky 
just goes in reverse as well. So it just looks a little bit more provoked as like Rocky tries to again tries to turn his back, say like, "Look, we don't need this." That makes a bit more sense. Yeah, yeah. so it just plays a little bit more better. Plus, also you don't have the hip hop music in this. It's it's you actually it's in a in the well, I don't know if it would have been that anyway had it had they used this, but they kind of just you uh, just have no music and it only sort of kicks into the traditional Rocky stuff. With um, when Mickey comes in, because you see Mickey at the top of the bridge where the uh, where the, the train runs, and it's almost like Rocky uh, Mickey calling from the giving advice from from there. Uh, yeah, it, that's all a bit much. The yeah. elements of what you've just told me make some sense, but I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, although the one more round of him rising up, I thought was awful. That was something that was much more like something Stallone himself would have directed. So it's for something very similar. Like doing all the sort of like street fighting, ones. sliding, tripping about. Oh, I hated all that as well. I hated all but that. But well. it's not a boxing thing, is it? It's just it's a bit odd. To but it's exactly. It's like what are they trying? What are they proving at this point? Yeah. I mean, if Rocky beats it, if 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 Tommy beat Rocky by like two falls and a submission, what's that prove to anybody when they're both boxers? I don't know. I mean, it, it's just like it's just a, a beat up thing. Uh, one of the things that I would say, and I guess it's probably. It does play into what I said before with the the son and the bully, uh, but in the the extended cut, and I can't remember it happening in the, in the actual cut that we, that we watch. But when Rocky does beat Tommy against the the front of the bus, he helps him up. So there's a kind of a sign of like mutual respect after that. I don't remember that happening in that in that version in the in the uh, in the actual theatrical should we say theatrical cut or the one we actually watched. I've no no I've no recollection of that. Yeah. Tommy's down and out at the end of this. Um you've got you've got the bit that I feel sorry for Sage Stallone in this scene because he goes, you know, go he says something like knock him out. He stole my room. And I just think <laughs> is there anyone watching that who would be like, yeah. Yeah, that kid lost his room. Fucking get him, Rocky. Um so, yeah, I felt sorry for that line was written for him and he had to deliver it. He delivered it with gusto, but it's a shit line. And then he knocks out George Washington Duke, which is funny because he hits him somewhere in the sort of solar plexus and he flies backwards. I know, but he flies backwards like he's doing a backward dive off a fucking diving board or something. <laughs> it's just quite funny. That just doesn't look remotely real. Does he not say go for it when he's... <laughs> the, the, the crowd's all cheering. And he walks off bloody with Adrian, and it's like, sue me, sue me for what? And it's like, right, so he's skint. Brilliant. Mm. It's like, what a way to end the series. Becca, what do you make of the fight? I'm in two minds about it, really, because on one hand, I do agree with what you're saying. It does it kind of very stage, very studio-esque, um, badly cut together. Um, but also, you kind of got... I mean, obviously, Rock is very much kind of like of, of the streets, so it's kind of... It's quite refreshing to have it like as a street fight rather than... You know they actually kind of meet finally in the boxing ring. Would we would would, would we would we prefer it if they had done the if they obviously it would have been a much longer film or maybe if they cut it differently. But had it actually been a boxing match like like you know not Donkey got his way and and the, and the finale was Rocky versus Tommy in the ring. Well, no, because because the film has just spent most of its running time showing us Rocky's a bell end or implying he is. Yeah. 
and then the end of the film fucking proves it if he gets back in the boxing ring. You've just yeah. been told it'll kill you, you idiot. I know, but if that was like where the film was going, in, like sort of that's like, that was the planned route of the film to do that. I don't know. There's a, a I don't know. There's a satisfying way to deal with this because a street fight's never going to work. It's a boxing film, and suddenly we got them doing fucking slides and shit like that. It's weird. <laughs> I didn't like it. No, that's pretty much what I think, really. I mean, at the same at the same time, we've got this, you know, essentially a street fight sort of thing. So I don't think it it would have been an improvement had, had we seen them, you know, end it in the boxing ring, as it were. But yeah, I think um, some of Sage's best scenes aren't towards the end. Um, but I think by the very end, it is kind of a very touching moment, and it's kind of it's not like sort of handing over the baton, but it's kind of it's ending ending on a high. Um, I think the original ending of the film was going to be that Rocky died. But I think it's kind of good that it was kind of, you know, he survived the end of the film. That would have been more um, it? And it was, that would have been really, really oh, Yeah, sad. it's just miserable. Oh, it's but, I just um, couldn't, I wouldn't have been happy with that. No, it was nice that it kind of like had this, it was kind of like a, like a victory on moral grounds, I guess. Um, and it kind of ended on this kind of uplifting note, you know, old dogs can learn new tricks. But yeah, I think the fight itself, I think, is perhaps, we, we've seen better in the, uh, in the Rocky series. Let's just put it like that. Well, I guess that does lean into lead into final thoughts, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I'll go first. I think I can't say it's a good film. I said before. Uh, I do think the problems rely in. I th- think they needed more development of characters. I, I think if this was probably like a bit of a longer film, had it had chance to actually do that, and maybe if, if it was just. It had more enthusiasm by the cast members and the and the and the and the crew. I think it would have had a, a, a much better film, and if it had taken a lot more traditional eye rather than like try and be contemporary, it would have held it up better over time as well. Um, but having said that, it's it's not. I don't think it's terrible. It's just flawed, but it has a conception that at least tries to do something. I think. I think had. The ending with the street fight had um, had been earned somewhat. We wouldn't have, or would have, it would have had some purpose. And you know, had the film done better work at building up a purpose towards the street fight, where that would have been uh, a more suitable. Or it is almost out of nowhere in the in in the time of the film. I mean, in in real mm. time, in the you know that that evening, if you like. You know, it's the main event somewhere. We'll assume it's that side of the country. So I would have thought 10, 11 o'clock at night or whatever. So they go out and have a few beers afterwards and he turns up and have a fight. And that's really odd because about four or five hours later, uh, earlier, sorry, neither of them would have thought of doing that. So there's no there's no real build-up to it. It just it, turns it, really quickly, doesn't he it? Just, he gets booed. Uh, Duke pisses him off with comments about Rocky. He loses his shit. A couple of words later, he's right outside the door, ready to give it some. Yeah, I think that's what you mean. I think that's kind of how I feel as well. I don't think it's, it's not. Um, it's kind of it feels a bit slapdash, but I think it has its heart in the right place. I think it just it just kind of messes up. It just fails to kind of like set its, set its own course. That's my last words. Actually, I'm going to echo what you just said there. For everything I've just said, it's got his heart in the right place. Yeah, I can't argue with that really. I mean, from the production values, you're harking a lot to um, the look and feel and, and the kind of definitely in terms of the texture and the way it's shot and, and lit. Um, 
very much harkens back to the um, to the first film. So going from, you know, say for example, the, the shiny, squeaky, <laughs> you know, slathered up sort of glittery excesses of, of Rocky Four, right back to the kind of very pared back, stripped back, um, rags to riches kind of tale of the first film. And over here, obviously, we're coming full circle towards the end, or the, the then end of the, of the franchise, um, from riches to rags again. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of production values. It's kind of going back to basics. It's quite dry, I would say. But yeah, it's, yeah definitely is. Becca, what do you mean by dry in this scenario? Do you mean you were bored by it or um, yeah, it's kind of I don't know, it was just because in terms of the, the characterization from like Tommy Gunn and, and so, I mean I've, I've, you know, it's they they are they are sportsmen and sort of and family then, not actors, so that's why I mean I'm I'm not an actor so I can't really talk. But um yeah, it just kind of didn't really grip me, I must say. And that's kind of why I felt it was a bit, it was a bit kind of dry in parts really. Um, and there's no real, there's no real threat there. I, I don't think there wasn't any real sort of credible reason, really. I didn't feel, and that's why I, I felt dry. But no, no, definitely, his heart's in the right place. Um, but sadly, I wouldn't. If I was to place them in order of preference, I wouldn't place this one right particularly high. Yeah, but do, would you feel better about it if you knew more facts or the answer to some quiz questions or something? <laughs> I do have some quiz questions. Do you? Wow, and I thought that was just a natural link. I was just chit-chatting. <laughs> <laughs> what were the answers no. to last week's? Okay, last week's. Okay, so my questions from last week's were how much can Ivan Oudberg your Drago punch at £1,890? Hang on, how I long it, it went up to 2150 uh, Yeah, 215 but that was literally the final figure. Okay. Um, how long had Cree been out of retirement? The answer was five years. Um... And where did the Creed Drago fight happen? Um, MGM Grand in Las Vegas, of course. Um, so yeah, what advice does Paulie give for Rocky? Obviously, hit the one in the middle, obviously. Um, Rocky Four is that the shortest film in the series? True, false, true. It's only like ninety ninety one minutes, and that's one more. So that's my stupidly easy quiz questions. And this time I've got some more stupidly easy quiz questions. Most of which well, I, I, these will be harder. This will be harder on the basis that people don't really concentrate on or watch this film much. No. <laughs> so it'll be a little bit harder on that basis. Number one, what is not Don King's catchphrase? Um, and number two, where is Tommy Gunn from? What state is he from? Question number three, um, what is Rocky suffering from after his last fight? And if you can get a technical name for it, that's really impressive. <laughs> um, yeah, question number four, what is the name of Duke's uh, contender? Um, question number five: What item did Rocky give to Tommy Gunn? And that's my quiz questions for Rocky Five. It's a good job we didn't mention that, wasn't it? Because I, I was just thinking, oh, I've not not talked about that bit because <laughs> because the, the, yeah, the, 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 there is, there is that the answer to that question is a little bit kind of like okay, where you know we can probably talk talk about that later on in the series and we kind of ponder. But we like, didn't, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So um, that's it for Rocky Five. Yeah, we did well to squeeze the show with that length out of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> You're impressed, yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I think tomorrow's... Uh, not tomorrow, gee, that's what tomorrow, you're thinking. Really? That was quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, with our bizarre schedule, we're already about three or four days from recording the next one, but it isn't tomorrow. <laughs> um, I, I, I think next week's going to be a little lighter on the, on the plot, I think. It's going to be treading over a lot of the ground, but we'll see. We'll be interesting to rewatch it. Next week's one of those films that 
I'll pick at but not mean it. And and all I mean is the logic logic of it. And I'm not just saying because he's 55 or the character is, but the logic from C to C doesn't actually make a lot of sense. But there are some lovely bits in it. It does draw you in. It got does. Anniversary sort of as well, haven't you? I, th- I think also like, uh, the the fight he's in in that film is presented as a real HBO presentation. So you've got real presenters behaving like they grew up, well, they probably did grow up with the Rocky films, Mm -hmm. but they grew up with him as the champ. Mm -hmm. So they're all excited that they're going to commentate on a Rocky fight. And it's things like that. And also, it's been much quoted and it's been much... Um, repeated in, in different arenas that speech about uh, it's about how hard you can hit and keep walk, walk, moving forward. It's even quoted in the new David Brent film. Um, but it's a magnificent scene. It, sure. it, it's a magnificent piece of writing and it's actually, although there's a grandstanding element to it, most of the sentiments in it are a reflection of how Rocky's lived. So where where we find it, where we pick him up in life and Paulie and all the rest of it, I like I like the way he's he's sort of living his life and it's not unusual for Xboxes to be in the position he's in or ex-sportsman. I I like next week's film a lot. Again, it's one that I've still not seen, so I shall look forward to watching it. What are your recollections, Chris? I haven't seen this film a lot. I think I've only really sat down and watched it once before. So uh, generally, um, I think if it is in quite good terms, I. S- Go, going into it, my you know, you know, looking, looking back, you know, without watching it, it it's like a nice, fitting end to the rock, uh, to the Rocky series. That's almost like a which it semi is. Him yeah. is the leading man and a, a a fighter in any way. It is. Creed is still a Rocky film as far as I'm concerned, but it's a different beast. Mm. So this is this you this is almost like. This is almost like a false ending to the Rocky series. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's nostalgic... Well, what's the word? It's, it's like a nostalgic trip down memory lane, but but as like a fitting sort of farewell to the, the, the Rocky story, um, which Creed then picks up to tell us... to take that story onwards with a... Yeah. I, I think I was... I, I enjoyed it very much at the time. I still like it. Uh, I've got some problems with it that I didn't have at the time. Some of them are just stylistic. I, I really don't like the fight, and I'll get into reasons why next week. But I do like some of the decisions around it. Uh, and I almost like the balls of making it. It's like, oh, come on, really, come on, he's in his 50s, this ain't going to work. And then it did. But we've got two films left in this series now, and in my opinion, they are both, to some degree, good. We could do grudge match. Fuck off. <laughs> Come on, Rocky versus Raging Bull. You know, you want to. <laughs> I stand by. Fuck, Fuck off. off. <laughs> <laughs> I should quite enjoy, enjoy uh, Grudge Match, actually. But... <laughs> I thought it was crap. <laughs> having, said, yeah, having said that, it wasn't that far away from Escape Plan, which was a far worse film. Oh, I loved Escape Plan. Oh, of course you did. You're Chris. Well, well that's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. No, tr- tr- truthfully, though, we've got two films left in this series. As far as I'm concerned, they're the two that sort of come back towards the quality of the first two. So we're g- we're going to finish on a high. Yeah, definitely. 
like a real really good high as well I think so social media folks oh yes yeah, so you can follow me at Simmontrox on Twitter you can also find uh, this podcast at Simmontrox.co.uk yeah which is now a far more expensive site than it was a week ago yes <laughs> Chris was on the wrong plan <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, put it like this. I was, I, 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 I was, <laughs> yeah. All, all these people sort of saying how expensive it is to put podcasts out. You know, I was like, he's going. It's only fifteen quid a year. <laughs> <laughs> to fairness, they let me. No one else stopped me. So I was like, okay. He's now found it's like twenty something a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is why we lost our. Um, you will have lost the feed for a couple of days. So if you went looking for a podcast about a week before this is released. That's why it wasn't there. Chris got locked out of his own site. Well, actually, no, that that that, that wasn't it. I think it, there, there was like a, a, a usual formatting issue, which now has got fixed. But I think uh, getting... I think whatever happened, they got in touch with, like, uh, one of the, uh, the... the heads to sort it out, and they just sort of like, oh, by the way, you're on the wrong plan. I was like... Oh, okay. Damn it. <laughs> yes, then. So, all right, fine. <laughs> so, yeah, we may be setting up a premium phone line so you can ring and hear me finish quickly. Because <laughs> 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 we've got a fun quiz. It's only 20 quid a month. It's not like it's... If you're happy with that, it's fine. But, you know, me and Becca pay fuck all, so we're really committed. There's anything we can do, you know. Except money, you know. <laughs> you want us to just applaud while you pay, that's fine. <laughs> you can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. And you can also find us on Twitter at Expect Us to Talk and Facebook.com, type in Expect Us to Talk into the search box. Also hit up on YouTube, Expect Us to Talk, and you can drop us an email, expect us to talk at gmail.com. So, I think other places, yeah, we didn't have Pinterest and all that junk just yet. We have so. letterboxed. Yeah, abandon that for the time being. We don't have letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I don't have time right now. To be honest, um, we know, will have a site that soon. two of us never fin- never visit and the other person never updates. No, I think not, it's about. Pa- I think it's, it's rather passe now. I would yeah. say. So anyway, we're all off to wear like chunky knitwear and dance to some hip knock, and we'll be back with Becca. Do you expect us to talk? We'll return with Rocky Baba.